everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard and Broadway expert in residence. And today is a very exciting day on the podcast. I'm going to try not to cry even talking about it, but uh, it is no secret that among the musicals on Broadway this season that are not starring Bette Midler, <laughs> there is one uh, pretty big standout, and that is Dear Evan Hansen. Um, there's been a lot of rhapsodizing around this musical, and in fact, it might remind you of a certain one-named revolutionary musical of last season. Uh, and similar to in the case of Hamilton, all the hype is definitely worth it, and if anything, is probably a little bit of an understatement. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Dear Evan Hansen yet, the show's plot is a little convoluted uh, to explain, but here's my attempt. Um, it's about this kind of painfully, socially awkward high school student, Evan Hansen, played by Ben Platt, who, when another student commits suicide, tells one seemingly small lie that kind of balloons into something much bigger, thanks to a combination of the ways of social media um, and his own loneliness and sort of desperation to connect with someone or something. Uh, ben Platt uh, has rightfully been getting a lot of attention for his performance. He's considered one of the front runners for winning Best Actor in a Musical at the Tonys. Um, and his performance is definitely one of the most totally viscerally thrilling in my recent memory. But the cast is full of stellar performances that deserve recognition, including two other Tony nominees, Rachel Bay Jones, who is just completely heartbreaking as Evan's mom, and Mike Faced. Um, who plays Connor, uh, the student who commits suicide and is sort of this oddly magnetic, mysterious character. Um, the other huge star of the show is the music uh, by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Pasek and Paul, as they're known, uh, achieved a whole other level of fame this year when they won an Oscar for writing the lyrics for La La Land. Um, but they've been working in theater for years now. Uh, those of you in the cult of Smash will know that they wrote songs for the Dearly Departed TV show, and they've written shows ranging from the acclaimed off-Broadway musical Dogfight to the uh, Broadway musical of A Christmas Story, which was also Tony-nominated and is going to be turned into a live musical for Fox soon. But their music for Dear Evan Hansen, I would say, is, is in a category all its own. It's propulsive, anthemic. It's very clear listening to it that they are strongly influenced by pop music. I hear everything from Sarah Bareilles to Billy Joel to Ben Folds in their arrangements. And it just feels like something totally fresh on Broadway that we want to and need to hear more of. So while Mr. Platt is understandably saving his voice right now, um, I was totally thrilled to have Benj, Justin, Rachel, and Mike on the podcast recently to talk about how this amazing musical came to be and what it's like to do it every night. Waving through a window, I try to speak, but nobody can hear, so I wait around for an answer to appear while I'm watch, watch, watching people pass. Thanks for coming, you guys. Thanks who for are having you? Us. Uh, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> no, who are you, people? <laughs> I'll go. I'm Rachel Bay Jones. I play Heidi Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen, the musical. Oh. I'm Mike Feist, and I play Connor Murphy in Dear Evan Hansen, the musical. And I'm Benj Pasek, and along with uh, Justin Paul, we're the 
songwriters of Dear Evan Hansen. Hansen. <laughs> the musical. The musical. And they're taking their show on the road. Hey. Yes. yes. I have to, Mike, your hair is rather resplendent in person. Well, <laughs> isn't it? He's got that samurai Especially right now. Yes. Now I have it up in a very interesting Yeah, it does look something. samurai. <laughs> Throughout the entire talk, I can change it for you just yes. so I can keep you on your toes. So. I, like, I like that. Yeah. I like when I'll guys start a braid can do right their hair now. better than I can. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so by the, at the end, it'll turn into something. Amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Um, so this is, the show has followed sort of a evolution over a few years now. And I guess just to start, Benjamin, Justin, how did it come to you in the first place? And how did you know that this was a show that you felt right writing for? <laughs> they both just Take it away. to each other. Yeah. Uh, this was a show that we wanted to write uh, even when we were in college, when we first met each other, it was many, 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 many years, years ago. ago. Yes, <laughs> um, and we we were really taken by this idea of how communities, especially uh, our high school communities, respond to grief, and how people want to insert themselves into tragedies that they might not have a place in, and what causes that. And um, you know, as social media has. Uh, amplified this sense of disconnection, like this constant connection, but then makes us sort of more lonely uh, than we've ever been before. We wanted to examine that as a question and, and sort of um, excavate those uh, those themes and ideas. And when we were lucky enough to meet up with Stacey Mindich, who's this fantastic producer, she said to us, you know, what's the story that you guys want to tell that no one's sort of giving you permission to tell? And we talked about these themes, and uh, she connected us with the incredible Stephen Levinson, who is a, a playwright, and we all sort of began this journey of coming up with the story uh, to to tell these to tell these themes and Stephen gave us the gift of an actual plot and a real story to actually contain the ideas that we had yeah and it's sort of it's interesting because it started really as when we came into it we wanted to sort of approach it as sort of almost a cynical look at our generation and at society and sort of this gross sort of, um, you know, communal grief that happens or people thought, use the term grief porn. And that was something that we, you know, thought, oh, that's such a weird thing. And, you know, we were going to write this sort of condemnation of that. And as we went to write a musical, we found a couple of things, which was, first of all, that it's not that fun or uh, engaging to write just sort of like parody song or cynical song after cynical song. It's not that does not a musical make in terms of writing for real characters with heart and true emotion. Um, but also, you know, I think as we especially started we to uh, form the story with Stephen, it was, we, um, we wanted to approach it with more empathy and to really look at these characters instead of saying, gosh, like, can you believe people behave this way? It was sort of like, well, how, what must a person go through and experience that they'd be in the position where when they're presented with the opportunity to say that they might've been a part of something they weren't a part of, they're so lonely and so desperate that they would sort of walk through the door. And so that's where the character of Evan began to come into focus and sort of that shifted the trajectory of what we were writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that the character of Evan isn't necessarily that unique that a lot of us feel like we would we would let a lie get out of, we would begin a lie to try to fit in or yeah. to, to be a part of something that that's not our place. We found that it was much more universal mm-hmm. than this exceptional, extraordinary character who does this thing. Well, it's it sort of, there's a little bit of Evan Hansen in all of us. And I think that that, that, that began to resonate. 
No, and that's like, I mean, that universality, I think, is such a big part of why the whole show is so appealing. Like, when people ask me, like, what is it like? Like, will I like it? I'm like, I don't know, you're a person, you'll probably like it. (laughs) (laughs) You're a human, yes. Yes, you are a human being. (laughs) And even, like, some of my friends who I, like, go to see shows with, and I'm like, you have a black heart. I'm sitting here crying, and you're not, like, everyone just seems very affected by it. Um, When the two of you came into you know, audition, or I don't know how you got your parts in the first place, did you immediately sense, like, this is something really special and different, or what were your sort of first impressions of the show and the music? Well, Rachel joined, uh, there was a iteration of it before I did. There was a reading beforehand, so she It was terrible, a, Mike. The- <laughs> yeah, not until you came did we all know what it was. <laughs> um, I'd known these brilliant boys for a while and um so i kind of just got lucky enough to get invited to come play to the untitled pasik paul levinson musical (laughs) and um yeah we showed up we weren't allowed to even sneak a peek at the script before we just read it cold and the boys and ben i think too sang most of the songs and we kind of all started to get that shimmery, excited feeling as soon as we started reading it. It was really special even then, even though a lot has changed since then. But even before Mike came on, we knew it was something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I knew nothing about it going in. Uh, when I, I had auditioned, I was not so fortunate, but I got to play around. <laughs> we didn't all. know you yet. Now it's we know okay. you. Now you know me. You're a baby. <laughs> but I was auditioning, and they just sent me two scenes that didn't exist, uh, that don't exist anymore within the play. Um, some Connor scenes, Connor at school scenes, interacting with Evan, and then they asked me to sing 16 bars. And so I kind of went in, did a pass, Michael Grave gave me a quick note, did another pass, and maybe like 10 minutes later, I think I got a call from you guys basically saying like, yeah, come and join us in this reading. <laughs> and even that first day, I haven't read the script yet, but a certain group had, and Michael said, we're just going to work on music today for the first day of rehearsal, but tonight, just like go home with a glass of wine and just look this thing over. It was this 300-page manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We weren't good at editing. No. It was just like... It took a bottle of wine. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and, a, and then a case of wine later, yes. I, was like, I closed it, and I was like, oh, this is special. It really was. I kind of knew. I was sitting there drunk and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> drunk and tired. <laughs> and it really was special. I mean, and Rachel and I talked about it. It's like, you know, we've done enough readings where you walk in and you're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, right. it needs if work. They oh, this, if, if they, they did, did yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, really, from that first table read, it was like, okay, this this is special. This is it. This is like the thing. And yeah, work always needs to be done on whatever, but I've never experienced walking into a room and like reading something cold and having it be so gripping and so wonderful. Yeah, because if if it was 300 pages, I really don't remember that about it because Mm -hmm. so much of the material even that left was just gone because you couldn't put everything in the story. And I don't remember it because I was wasted. (laughs) (laughs) But it was all good. And yet here we are. (laughs) I mean, since you knew their work before Rachel, what struck you about their music that made it so special? Because 
It's fantastic. <laughs> well, they're staring at me. Yeah, Rachel. Well, I'm gonna say that I always tease them because I feel like they're these young, beautiful boys, but inside they're they're middle-aged women. <laughs> In the way that they understand us, you know, they understand. I don't know if it's because you guys have such a good relationship with your moms or whatever, but it's really. I've always felt like, you know, as an as an actor and as a singer, you look for writers that can speak for you, you know, mm-hmm. and that you can embody their voice too. So. It's a really intimate relationship, and I've always felt in safe hands with these wonderful young men who are so deep and so profound. I hadn't thought of the two of you as having middle-aged women within. Well, no, it it is really special because, you know, Rachel is now on, like, her fourth or fifth, like, mom song. And I I use that term lovingly, but, you know, that that we've written because we, we got to do Christmas Story together back in 2011 and um you know saying two songs that we're really proud of that she delivered so beautifully and killer mom songs and, you guys. and gave so much uh, <laughs> uh you know uh, uh truth to and same with this show so it's it's um we, it feels like a very special collaboration that we that we get to have with Rachel and of course with all the actors i think that um you know one thing that that's really special about these guys is that that the 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 journey for the show was short in some in some context i guess but you know it still was you know 2 to 3 years from going out of town until we came to broadway and you know all, these guys are very very talented actors who took a risk by coming out of town and spending their summer in dc and then turned down other work to sort of stick with it the whole time so that's a really special i feel like we all feel very special about each other. We mm-hmm. felt that they're mm-hmm. such a special cast and to get to hang on to them the whole time is so great. They obviously felt like it was worth, you know, holding out for and holding on for. So that's a really, you know, I think rare experience. So we feel very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I like about the actors in the show that I feel like is, it makes me feel good to see this as sort of a growing trend on Broadway is that the sort of historic, traditional Broadway voice is not necessarily what writers are only writing for anymore and like you two and really everyone in the show have such unique character to your voices and you're not like traditional belters or you know like um there's something really unique about about both of you and I wonder what that's like for you as writers like I assume you maybe prefer writing for voices like that and for you as actors like what does it feel like to have songs that feel so like uniquely tailored to your own voices well I'll say um I think Justin and I are attracted to material that where the characters are a little bit messy and they're not completely good and they're not completely bad and they are complicated individuals and I think that in a way that sort of translates to how people sing it's not it's not perfect it's not clean it's not pristine it's not a perfect you know belt they were you know trying to hear it at the back of the theater what we what we're trying to write and what these actors I think beautifully um, capture is just a sense of honesty and if that can come through in the writing that that matters more than really anything else and I think like in terms of style there's definitely I mean it depends on the kind of show we're writing right. but for this yeah. since it was supposed to take place in a contemporary time and because the script by Stephen Levinson is so beautiful and very real I think it was important that people come with voices that have a sort of a contemporary edge to them and they can sort of do that kind of contemporary flair and every now and then there's like a little movement or like a little fall off or a riff or that kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. always within the storytelling but but more than anything there's just certain actors who I think have just instincts in terms of how they phrase a lyric and how they know when to really 
hit the note and when to fall off it or to sort of approximate it because they're speak singing. That kind of thing you the, can't really teach. And yeah. this, our show just has a cast members who that. all yeah. can just do mm-hmm. that. And that that and so they are the total right voice types for that because it's it's not a teachable quality. I don't and think. I, well, it's a little teachable because I will never. <laughs> no, I mean I, that's naturally where I love to live anyway. As you know, I think of myself as an actor, and so you know, first and that the the music we use to communicate yeah. on a heightened level. But there were certainly times because they write such beautiful music mm-hmm. that every once in a while you'll kind of be tempted to just like listen to yourself sing that. <laughs> Pretty note, and then Justin will be like, uh, "Rachel, Rachel, Rachel, can you just can you can you talk that? Can you just?" <laughs> say that? Like, you know? And I'm like, "All right, all right." But they do. They, you know, they have a specific way that they want you to sound, yeah. and I'm lucky that we fit into that. Well, and I was really fortunate because I don't feel comfortable singing whatsoever. What? And- what? He says that all the time, and every single He's time so- we all go, "What?" Well, it's so true. And luckily, like these guys. I'll say when we were, you know, developing, you guys were thinking about, okay, what if Connor came back and we we're working on the beginning of Disappear, Disappear and like things like that, or even that uh, second act scene with Evan, you know, that revi- uh, revised the- version of For Forever. We, we, I remember like getting up to the band platform and you were sitting at the piano and we we're just like, just talk, just like talk. And then yeah. you were like playing and you're like, okay, it's in this key. Okay, now I'll just like <laughs> sing it. And like, that's what they did. They wrote mm-hmm. for me. And I'm so thankful for that because they made me feel more comfortable with singing in a way that I've never felt before. Just to touch on that quickly is that is something that has been so special about writing on this show is that we've gotten to, because the cast has stuck with the show, like so many of the moments that came along the path, along the show's journey, we got to really write for these actors, you know, that moment that you're talking about, we did take, we, we made it together, Yeah, you know, so big, so small, we wrote it knowing that Rachel was going to sing it. So we, I mean, that was our test the whole time we were, we could hear her voice and really know it very well in our heads the whole time. So that's a really special, I think, added bonus that made this such a, a, a neat experience was to get to write for their voices. Mm-hmm. And that is a really rare thing. I mean, and that's really the best part of the process is, you know, it is that building pyramid, like, you know, the writers get a little bit more specific and then the actors can bring a little bit more yeah. specificity to it and it keeps building and keeps building and keeps building until you have this wonderful show, really. Well, I I think that part of what's so great about your music, Benjamin and Justin, is that it sounds like the music of today and it doesn't sound like putting pop conventions on top of theater music. Like it sounds very, like it very naturally comes from like what your musical world is in the modern world. Um, and I'm curious, like as you were writing this, like what were you listening to? Um, do you all share musical tastes? Hmm. Or <laughs> well, I'll say just from a like dramatic standpoint, what we talked about a lot was trying to write songs that would sound like what the characters would listen to. This mm-hmm. is the f- this is the first show I think we've ever written that's set today, that's set in a completely contemporary right. world. And so, you know, that it's a and little scary it was, it to was do the that. Script. It was it was when we got when we started to get pages in from Stephen Levinson, it was like our first thing, the first time we read the script, it was like, this is amazing. Like, we're going to ruin this by putting Adding songs. songs. <laughs> because, because Sounds so true to yeah, life. It was like, so this is a beautiful independent film or like a beautiful, cool play that everyone will love. And like, these making these characters sing, I don't know if anyone's going to buy that. So we sort of the philosophical approach we took to writing the score was sort of like, okay, like we're writing a song for Zoe. Like what's on Zoe's playlist? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and like, 
you know, we're, there's like some cool singer songwriters that we sort of, that we're into, like Matty Diaz or Ingrid Michaelson or that kind of. Thing. It's like okay, what's in that vibe? Right. Um, so like it was really talking about the like it was really sort of like the playlist for each character that sort of was our guide in terms of the musical style, and it was mostly stuff that we already loved and listened to, and it was just neat to get to actually. You know, a lot of contemporary singer-songwriters, that's probably the biggest thing that influenced this score music. Well, and, and they're the, the modern version of storytellers. Exactly. You know? It's the Billy Joels of our day and the Carole right. Kings of they're our day. They're the people yeah. who are telling story through song and yeah. are communicating you know, with specificity. And, you know, that's the kind of music that we like to listen to because it's it's really just storytelling that's mm-hmm. just amplified. I mean, the emotion is supported by music. Um, and and that, that really resonates. And so when you're trying to write a musical theater song, in a way, I think the closest... You know, comparable thing is who are the people who are who are writing songs that tell story. Mm-hmm. No, I was curious what the two of you hear in their music, or if it calls to mind anything in particular. Because I feel like in different songs, I hear different influences, and it's well, fun I to have, kind of pick I have that favorite. Up. Like, and I have no idea what you're actually thinking about, but you know, <laughs> Jennifer Laura Thompson and I sing a duet that starts the show, and we call it our Indigo Girls moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mostly because we're so happy to. And be it singing. includes the word map. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I definitely went to three Indigo Girls concerts before graduating high school. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi has an angry song that's definitely my rock and roll moment. I'm living out my teenage dreams. It's like a rockier Sheryl Crow sort of situation. It's so good. And she loved it, by the way. She came and loved it. That was a highlight. Yeah. And then I've got this great folky storytelling moment in the end that is so passionate I too. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's that is really like the moment that I like lost it completely. Yeah. I I feel like you have to have been in a band at some point. No, no, just because no, he has long hair. Thinks that like I'm you actually like a, like a Connor energy. and like that like I grew this hair out for the show. I wear the nail polish for the show. When I came in, I had short blonde hair. I looked like Justin. You know, like that's that's what I look like. You know, and then it's like I did this thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're a musician. You're an artist." And I'm like. I'm a musical He's theater a dancer. Kid. Yeah. He's yeah. a beautiful dancer. That's the thing that, that so many people will come to the show and have no idea that like this guy's like an insane dancer. And well, no one I'm not. To see it. But once upon a time, I did a show called Newsies. We we'll yes. name drop there. You did but, some, um, some leaping and some yeah, kicking of your heels. Not, but you know, I'm really fortunate, and you know, continuing with what we were talking about, and I, I really wanted to tell more stories and get more in depth. And what these guys have accomplished is they really accomplished that. The, the true sense of what a musical does where the where the talking can't do enough anymore and the music has to take over mm-hmm. and it has to propel the the emotion and the story forward and that's what these guys did so expertly with the show right. what, something else I think that that is worth talking about is that the character of Evan doesn't really have a handle on how to talk to people and he finds it very difficult so we can use the convention of musical theater to get inside the head of someone and have mm-hmm. him be much more articulate through song than he might be able to be in the real world mm-hmm. that's the gift of of musical theater is that you can dive into someone's head you can really tell an audience what they're feeling or thinking and it doesn't sort of betray mm-hmm. the truth of how that character exists in the real world yeah well I, I think it's so amazing that so many things about the show are things that you would not think would lend themselves well to music whether mm-hmm. it's like someone who has trouble speaking or the internet as something that could somehow be translated into music and just I mean like even the conversations between kids and parents that are often so like stilted and there are a lot of things not being said that need to be said like it's crazy that it seems so natural for music to be part of it I mean was that a struggle for the two of you at first or was it just like oh this is something we can kind of 
It was. It was a struggle. Um, yes, there were a lot of moments where we were sort of like, I don't know if this story really can sing, and if it really, like, you know, or, the, or as I was saying, script pages would be there, and it was like, this is really good. I don't know why we would write a song, you know, and t- detract from this. Mm-hmm. But I think... Once we sort of start to, started to find the sound of what Waving Through a Window was sort of the first song that we wrote for this show of this version of it. We have other songs that we had written that are sort of all, you know, on the cutting room floor, so to speak. But um, we wrote Waving Through a Window and we were like, OK, I, now we sort of get what the show could sound like. And then each moment from there it sort of like started to make sense in terms of how these characters could sound and but we honestly though we didn't know if still didn't know if people would buy it i mean until the first preview in dc we were like not believers at all we were sort of i mean like we like our cast is great and steven's great <laughs> michael greif is great the design's great but like we just had no idea if people were going to go on the journey. Sorry, we didn't tell you that. You would have freaked out. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at you. It's so absurd. It's always been so good. No, oh, what's so funny God, is, yeah. is that, oh, God, breaking everything. What's so funny <laughs> is that you guys felt that way about your work, and we all felt that way about our work. Wait, but, speak for yourself. Oh, fair enough. Okay, I felt that way about you. I felt that way about my work. <laughs> I remember, though, I remember being in an elevator in D.C., and you and I looked at each other right before the first preview, and we were, like, going there, and I remember you saying to me, or we were like, we were like, oh my God, we feel so bad that we've just let everybody down. Yeah. Wow. You know, because we were just like, our score, it's just like not, it's just well, it's not like everyone's work. now stuck in DC here for two months, yeah. like away from their families and away from New York. And, and we, we kind of, it, it's, it's very just, hot outside. Yeah. But the, philosoph- <laughs> the philosophical approach to just like how to approach the material, I think we, we thought, okay, uh, we're going to make a little bit of a departure away from a very traditional musical theater score. And, and then that kind of scared us because. We tried to write songs that felt like they, they, they weren't in the, in that vein as much. Else. Yeah, they yeah. straddled a, a world between theater and and maybe something that sounded more like what you would hear, you know, on Singer, your playlist. Writer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you know we were we were nervous that we were we were letting down like the dramatic action of the song. Is it not? Is it not? You know, working or is it not uh, doing the job that it needs to do? So we were very very nervous about it. Well, I was curious since you know this has gone through a couple of iterations. Have you noticed differences in how audiences react? Like when it was off Broadway, did you feel the sort of like thing that was building up around it as like a thing people were excited about? Yes, and so that's what I wanted to say too. While these guys are being self-deprecating and telling the story of how they thought the show sucked, is that um, <laughs> since the workshop, you know, when was the first? That was the first time that an audience of any size was allowed to see any of this material. And I've heard since that you guys, you know, Mortified. fairly crumbled. The, after the workshop was terrible. We it were, was so not terrible. It was just while you guys did Act Two, I was three floors down, pacing with Steven talking about how we just couldn't are the deal. Most we couldn't. That's so insane. Because I want to tell you that like, I had people there who are stone-faced, heartless, judgy, Why are they your jerks. <laughs> because they're funny or whatever. Or because I pay them to be good my attributes, manager. Yeah. <laughs> but they were all unanimously was like, heartbroken and in love and and torn up and and really really intensely involved in the story the music everything about this show and even <laughs> as it's changed there's been such passion from the audiences no matter who they are like your friends who don't cry you know i bet they were pretty impressed with the show and it's yeah. been like that since the workshop just putting it out there i don't care what you guys say it's true <laughs> and uh, you know we we got we were so fortunate to listen to uh the album uh over at atlantic records for the first 
first time. Yeah. And when For Forever came on, I, th- I told you afterwards, but it I was immediately transported back to that first reading. Mm-hmm. Me too. I mean, they completely captured it and it it's always been there. Like it was mm-hmm. always there from the beginning. That like we knew it. That's why we wanted to do the show. That's why Michael wanted to do the show. That's why Stacy wanted to do the show. Mm-hmm. It's because these guys, it was there. It was all there from the beginning. Is have there been things that have that you have? Well, felt now changed? I hate the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no, have you felt yeah. audiences change at all? Like from DC to Bra- for the off Broadway, Broadway, or like things that they respond to more or less? Or anything? you know, I think the the show doing it eight times a week. There's always a different audience, and it's always a different roller coaster. Um, sometimes people, you know, they're in, in these tense, uh, dramatic moments, and they feel awkward, and so maybe they'll laugh inappropriately yeah, right. or something. But like. Jennifer and I have talked about it. It's like in those moments, like we're onto something mm-hmm. because and that's like commit and just keep going, keep going. Because like we know Steven's work and their work, these guys, it's all there. Like we really just have to go up on stage and we just got to do like stay true to their words and and their music. And the audience is going to go along for the ride. And yeah, they, you know, they react differently. But like that's that's what theater's about. You know, there's something about being in a dark um, thousand, maybe less than a thousand seat theater, and all at that moment, we're a part of this one community, and we're going through, and we are examining human nature and why we are the way we are, and how we tick, and it's 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 completely transcending. It's wonderful. It's like finding a story that there is literally no one who can't relate to it is like pretty. Like unicorn musical, I think. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're like. They're the audiences have been always, always involved. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we hear noises and sounds, it's usually somebody nervously crinkling exactly. their water bottle because they can't stand the tension. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You know? Or that might be me. Or it, or we're all it, into it's, it. It's, it's tight. It's that's hitting so something. It's hitting something it. home. And that's and, and yeah. that's one thing too is that you know there's something about music that that immediately unites us and it's different than a play and that's why these guys these guys have done such a beautiful thing is that some music has a way of just getting us to you know when you're inside something as a musician as a, as when you're listening and you just sort of the world falls away to steal one of their lyrics mm-hmm. you know you're inside something you don't even know where you are you're just fully immersed in this experience what this is and it happens night after night after night eight times a week hundreds of times we've been doing this show and it has happened every single time well, maybe seven. <laughs> you mean seven. what? <laughs> so we all clearly love each other. I just need <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's I still would... fresh. Even after well, since they're December. Here. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're sharing them. You're mic. sharing microphones without killing each other, so that's a good sign. No, I was going to say, Rachel, when you were talking about the people at the um, the very early performances, I the, the surest sign to me that this must be like the most transcendent musical ever is that my father, no, not a noted musical theater fan at all, he and my mom went to see it, and afterwards he was like, "That show is going to be running forever." That's right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, what? It's Rewind. the non-musical <laughs> theater people that are freaking out over yeah, this show. Yeah, it's crazy to hear. People are coming that don't exciting. come to see musicals. Yeah. You a guys. lot of the times, a lot of the times, it'll it'll be like someone's first Broadway show. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like, what? This is your first one? Oh You're man! Well, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining it's us. A high bar. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
No, I'm. I to me, the one of the difficult things about the show is like achieving this balance between the like really deep, dark, emotional moments and the fact that it is very funny. And I think Mike, you bring a lot of humor to it, which is part of what I enjoy about your performance. Um, but how do you all save yourselves? And you also, as writers, like from getting emotionally wrecked totally every night doing this. Like, how do you? We don't what, have to do it every night. They're the ones who. They're the ones who. Who? I don't know how they do it. How do you guys do it? Well, you know, it kind of goes back to. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before, where you can really, on nights, where it's maybe feeling a little harder to tap into you can really trust that it is still there like these guys have done such phenomenal work and really like i said it our job is just to do it justice so as long as we're there we're present and we're just committed to the work and you know just trying to just be honest it's all gonna flow naturally you know i mean that's where you know technique comes into play you know but it's the you know the material is such that you kind of just drop in yeah. you know i think people have the experience listening to it as well you drop into what's true and real about it and you have the experience all over again it's the same thing for us mm-hmm. night after night and yeah. then you know we need cookies and friendship and love mm-hmm. to get us out of it a little bit yeah. it's such a do beautiful things to preserve yourself a little bit um, a little you kind of just you, you have to you, joke when you're backstage yeah you, know? you, you have to separate so you, you recognize it's the, what's a gift is that it is so easy to drop in we don't have to gear ourselves up to try to fake anything or try to manufacture something yeah you go there you you're immediately in because the material is so good the story is so real and then you can lift yourself out of it and the beautiful lift at the end of the show is so hopeful and that's what we need to keep going is just a little yeah. bit of hope so yeah. there's light Rachel taught me that there was like for a while there you know I would come running off stage uh, right after you know um, my scene and Connor in the first part she'd be like trying to like trying to put a smile on my face and I kind of <laughs> wouldn't like listen to her I'd be like rah, 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 rah. Go, disgruntled 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 go to my room <laughs> but you know she really taught me that you know and like you know just breathe 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 and enjoy it you know and I hope you all still stay well hydrated. Too. Yes, I find well myself hydrated. very concerned about that. When I watch <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope they're all drinking okay, a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. <laughs> um, before you go, I have to ask the obviously the excitement of the Oscars happened in the middle of Yay. the show, and the two of you were like musical theater heroes for everything that you said on stage <laughs> to some of us. Um, I mean, to have that happen in the middle of this, which is pretty exciting on its own. I mean, what? How did you, like, take yourselves out of it momentarily, go back, and what was it like for you guys seeing it from afar? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, it's uh, it, this This has definitely felt like – it's funny because the timing of it was such – like, this this last six months or this, this last sort of year has definitely felt like, you know, the year of Evan Hansen for us. And so it was sort of like a quick – like, you know, La La Land had sort of happened before then – Really, and like you know, we first saw the movie back in August or or, or September, whenever that was, when it premiered um, uh, uh, overseas. So, so you know, it was sort of one of those sort of oh yes, we get to go drop that in for that did. for the moment, <laughs> and then whatever, and come back. But um, you know, I think you know, the, Evan Hansen has been sort of the thing that has taken up our year in a wonderful, blessed way. But also, the other thing that we think about a lot is you know, in terms of the songwriting and. I think we're just thankful that 
it isn't it isn't sort of two parts of ourselves in terms of like okay we're doing theater now and then like okay let's go do work on that La La Land and it's a movie and so it's this you know it's Hollywood whatever you know that isn't how we felt at all about it because thankfully the vision of that film was to make a musical and to make a musical that was true to being a musical which was these characters open their mouths and sings sing in this case it was sort of um to a certain extent almost pastiche music and in a pastiche lyric style and so it was really committed to being an old-fashioned you know classic sort of musical and so it wasn't like two different things it was like tell the story that's right for the character that's what we're doing all year, and that's what we're working on in Evan Hansen. And then when we were doing La La Land, it was the same thing. It wasn't a different thing. So it wasn't like, we're not being true to ourselves as writers or anything like that. It was like, we're they're asking us to do what we love to do, which was tell a story of a character. Yeah, and, and I'll also say, for us, we've just been geeking out because it's like people are appreciating musical theater. And whether that's yeah. in like Hopefully people that see La La Land or... want to come see Dear Evan Hansen because they right. they're like they think they like musicals. Whether it's in film form or, or, or on stage, like people are excited about hearing stories through song and through music. So we've just been kind of walking around all year being like, how lucky are we to steal a lyric from Hamilton to be alive right now? <laughs> but, how, but how lucky are we to be to be writers and, and you know, creating musicals in a time when it feels like people are really appreciating them? And that's that's been the big takeaway for for us. We just we feel like. We're, we're, we're writing and, and uh, living in a really, really lucky time in, in this yeah, I mean, field. Broadway just had, I mean, like an amazing year. And this season's insane. Yeah. I mean, so much good the shows, the quality of the shows, the way the box, I mean, everything from the annoying box office statistics to the, the great quality of the work on Broadway this year and how many freaking new musicals there were yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, it's a really like healthy, robust time, I think. It, yeah. it's, I can imagine it's a fun time to be in a musical yeah. like where people are coming because they really actually want to see it, not because yeah. they got dragged there. Right. Um, and that seems to be the general sense like on Broadway right now, which... It's cool. Yeah, like what, mean, what we're doing is, it's is not, not, not cool. Not cool anymore. <laughs> right. Right. I feel like you guys are making it cool. That's what I love about you. Yeah, we're, we're riding a wave that that that, well, uh, that kinda... people have, a, a trail that's been blazed, I think, by, by other people, but we're, we're so thrilled mm-hmm. to be part of it. Well, you're continuing it, for sure. Yay! Trying. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, guys. No, thanks thank for having you. us. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. all that it takes is a little and Give it your attention All you gotta do Is just believe you can be Who you wanna be Sincerely Are we done yet? Dear Evan Hansen is playing at the Music Box Theater on Broadway right now If you're even having the slightest idea that you might want to go see it I would buy tickets like yesterday So this is your warning Um, uh, The Tonys are next week So start getting excited And uh, if you would like to catch up on Broadway coverage in the meantime, go to billboard.com slash Broadway. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff. Uh, I always like seeing the hashtag billboard on Broadway. And if you like the podcast, please come back next week. And in the meantime, give us many stars and some nice reviews on iTunes. Thanks. (laughs) 